Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Well, welcome to another episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Real excited today. I've got a fantastic uh, person on the line here. I've got Jeanette Hall, who's out of Alberta, Canada, and uh, it's a huge province up there and a lot of good hunting in that area. And uh, I was very excited. I've been following Jeanette on Facebook, so make sure uh, I'll have the links in the notes that you can look up her page. And uh, just fantastic taxidermy work that she does and the television show and i'm just very excited to have you on today welcome to the show jeanette thank you so much i'm glad to be here so tell me a little bit about you are a full-time taxidermist that's correct i've been doing taxidermy now for 15 years um i started out i was going to college i wanted to be a game warden or uh, or a co or anything to do i just wanted to be outside and around nature that's all i knew that i wanted and uh, it actually came about as a bit of an accident. Um, in my zoology class, my professor insisted that everybody bring in an animal of some sort that was deceased, and we had to preserve it in a way that we could put it into the, uh, the college museum. And luckily, I knew a fellow that owned an exotic pet store, so I hit him up and said, hey, do you have anything that has expired lately? And he said, actually, yes, I do. I've got a 14-foot-long Burmese python that, uh, that expired a few days ago. You're welcome to it. Come and get it. And I, I really wasn't expecting uh, that big of a snake. It weighed, uh, weighed over 100 pounds. And unfortunately, he forgot to tell me that it had been sitting on a heat rock for days on end uh, dead. So when I got it into class, uh, I ran everybody off campus and ended up making front page of the college newspaper because the smell was so bad, it ran everybody, even out of the botany department. It, it shut everything down. But, uh, but that was okay. It, it was fun. Um, I went through. I, I found out uh, the cause of death. Uh, it was impacted. And so I took the skeleton and put that into the beetles, and then I had the skin that, uh, that I wanted to preserve, but I had no idea how to go about doing it. So... I asked my professor, uh, you know, how do we go about doing this? Because I have no idea. And he says, well, let's, let's take it to a friend of mine that's a taxidermist. So we, uh, I said, well, you're not leaving campus without me. I'm going with you for that. So we, we traveled over to his taxidermist friend. And I got to looking around. And I've always been involved in art, uh, flat art and sculpting. And just looking around, I thought to myself, you know what? I could do this. This is something that really intrigues me. And I think I could do this, too. And I was pretty shy at the time, and uh, I said, do you think he'd let me watch, you know? And he says, well, ask him. And uh, so I, I did. I asked him if I could come once a week, and he said to my surprise, yes, he didn't come once a week and watch me. And once a week turned into twice a week, turned into three times a week, and next thing you know, my GPA was starting to slip. And he said, you know what, before you ruin your college career, why don't you take a year off and see how you like doing this? And, uh, yeah, that was 15 years ago. I, I had never went back. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's an interesting field, and you have some great examples of your work on uh, Facebook. So it's... Thank you. I, uh, I saw the one of the bear standing up in front of the uh, beehive, and just a fantastic cinnamon-colored black bear you've got done. 
Yeah, we have quite a few uh, color face bears here in Alberta, so it's really nice when you get those in to, to work on. They make such nice mounts. Now, I've seen a lot of pictures out there, so not only do you do taxidermy, but you're also a very uh, prolific hunter, are you not? Yes, actually, this has probably been one of the best hunting years of my life. I, uh, I started off this spring with a very nice 18-inch black bear, and then in June, I went to Africa, and I got six very, very nice animals, and then I just got back from B.C., and I got myself a mountain goat. Fantastic. Now, where in Africa did you hunt? I hunted in the Limpopo province. Um, I've got friends that live there, and they've got uh, a very, very large concession right on the Limpopo River. So when you wake up in the morning, you actually look across the river into Botswana, and uh, they only allow just a few people to hunt it a year. So their trophy quality is unreal huge. Uh, you, you're almost guaranteed uh, a Roland and Ward book animal when you go. Uh, the, the trophy quality is just insane there. So uh, I was really, really lucky to, to get to hunt that place that they invited me to. And, and I walked away with a, an absolute giant of an eland and a warthog and gimsbuck and blessbuck and another warthog. And yeah, it was just amazing, awesome trip. And again, I'll direct folks to your Facebook page because you're not kidding. That warthog you shot was huge. And yeah, 12 and a half inches of ivory on both sides. So that was pretty impressive. That was, uh, that's been on my bucket list for a long time. I've hunted Africa before in 2011 and warthog was very, very high on my list, but, uh, all the ones that came in were females or they were broken off. So I, I didn't find one that I wanted on my last trip, but this trip exceeded all expectations. Oh, I bet. And I saw the picture of you with the eland and, uh, that's, yes, that was incredible. You know, when you walk up to them, you don't realize how big they are. Because I've taken uh, Canada bull moose before, and walking up to the eland was just shocking how massive those animals are. That's a 2,000-pound animal, and uh, yeah, just incredible watching, uh, watching the people line up. It was, uh, it was pretty funny because, you know, once they figure out that you've got an animal down, all the tribes show up with, uh, with their pans and, and buckets and they show up to, to take the meat home. And, and it was really something to see, very gratifying to watch. Well, neat. Uh, did, um, when you do these hunts, uh, do you hunt rifle, bow, both? How did you happen to... I do both, yep. Um, I do both. Actually, this, uh, this year has been a bit different for me. I rolled my quad last spring. And I've had a lot of shoulder issues, so I'm still trying to get back to being able to hunt with a bow again. But this year, it uh, just didn't happen for me again. I'm just not quite there, and I don't want to wreck my shoulder to the point where I can't ever bow hunt. So I'm still uh, still recovering from that, but it's it's getting there. Well, that's uh, it's sad to hear. But yeah, that, you might have to try, uh, what is Canada's position on crossbows? I think they're fine across all the provinces, aren't they? Well, we're still working on, on getting that through so you can do that during archery season. And I think, you know, a lot of the lawmakers feel that it's more like a rifle when it's actually not. Um, you know, you just can't get the range of a rifle, and it's it's just not the same. So we've really been pushing hard to get uh, crossbow season during archery season. Now, it is legal to hunt with a crossbow during rifle season and also during spring black bear season, but it is illegal right now during um, our October and September hunting season with archery tackle. Oh, okay. So the only place I've hunted in Canada has been over in Ontario. And okay. they they include crossbow in the bow season there. 
Right. Yeah, Alberta is actually fairly strict on on many of our laws, whereas uh, a lot of the other provinces will will allow such. And and we're working hard trying to get uh, that crossbow through because, like I said, it's it's not a whole lot different than a bow. And I believe honestly that it would get more people out into the field, which is a good thing. You want more hunters, so. Um, I think it would be an, an excellent idea if, if we could get that through. So you've got to have quite the trophy room going on there. Yeah, it's it's not too bad. There's uh, the, the problem with being a taxidermist is uh, it costs me money to get my own mounts done. So uh, so it's it's tough. I'm kind of like uh, like a farrier in a way because you, you go to a farrier's house and his horses aren't shod very well at all. And But all of his clients have really nice-looking nice horses. So... So yeah, in a way, it's it's kind of crummy because I never have time to do my own stuff, and uh, and when I do, well, I'm going to go hunting some more. So yeah, I've got a freezer completely full downstairs that uh, that I need to get to. But I promised myself this Christmas I will get my zebras done. That's my my Christmas present to myself is I want to get my zebras mounted. You have multiples. Um, I've got two different species. I've got a Birchill zebra stallion, and I've also got a Hartman zebra stallion. Oh okay. That'll be fantastic. They're, they make a beautiful mount. I've got one hanging right here. <laughs> oh, they're absolutely gorgeous. Um, honestly, that's that's one of the most underrated um, trophies in Africa because, you know, obviously they don't have horns. But it is one of the most quintessential animals that you can hunt in Africa. When you bring that back, that that just screams Africa. So uh, usually when, uh, when I'm booking clients to, to send over to Africa, I tell them, you know, Go for a zebra. They're very inexpensive. The meat is very good, and, and everybody enjoys them. And they make an absolutely awesome mount, whether you go with a pedestal or a wall mount or even a rug. Right. So on top of taxidermy, you also are involved with a television show. Now, does that only air in Canada? Actually, in uh, January of next year, we are looking at doing online um, with a couple of different shows, or I'm sorry, a couple of different networks that are online. So we're actually looking to get out of Canada so that way we can reach a broader audience. And it's kind of nice, too, because uh, all of my friends in Africa would like to be able to watch the hunts, too. So this will open it up so that way everyone can watch our show. Sure, and that show is called Days Off TV? That's correct. And... You said you've been affiliated with that now for five, six years? Yeah, we've, uh, it's kind of the same group of people we've all been filming. We've, we've all kind of gone through different shows at, at different points. Um, this is my third show that I've been with, and uh, I just really enjoy it. Um, I prefer to use it as a teaching tool. I like to educate and inspire others to, to get out there and do these things. And, and sometimes there's places that you just can't go. Um, I know it's it's difficult, like say, for instance, my mountain goat hunt, that was a very, very technically difficult hunt. Um, a lot of climbing, a lot of steep inclines, and a lot of very, very heavy packing to do. So a lot of people um, aren't going to be able to do that kind of hunt. So for me, I'm able to to bring that to their living room or their computer where they can see it and say, wow, that's, that's neat. And then maybe they might consider doing that type of a hunt. Yeah, that's, uh, that's seeming to be using youtube style channels as as distribution of your content and allowing folks yes. to experience it wherever they want to really seems to be catch- exactly well it's nice to be able to have a show that's that's on demand you, a lot of times you know you might be out hunting you don't have time to sit in front of a tv i know i sure don't 
And so it's nice to be able to say, you know what, I feel like watching Days Off tonight. I think I'll watch it, you know, around nine o'clock once I get home and have dinner. And and it's nice to be able to to pick and choose when you want to watch it. Yeah, that really puts the uh, the person that wants to kind of just pick and choose and say, I want to see a mountain goat hunt or or something in Africa. It really gives them a lot of options. It does. It really does. So now, how often do you get to do hunting out in the field? You know, taxidermy. Taxidermy alone can keep you extremely busy. Uh, it does. I um I have to juggle. I really have to spend a lot of time juggling because you know if if you work yourself to death, that's that's no good either. So you've got to have a balance, and uh, and really you know choose. Okay, well I could work you know seven days this week and and really do a push, and then next week I can take off four days and just hunt. So you know I, I really I I work hard so that I can play hard that the way to do it well it's really neat yes. to see uh when you go along and look at the different animals what uh hunt, you grew up in alberta actually no i grew up in uh western tennessee oh okay so you you're actually a, an american yes that's that's gone up to alberta that's correct Oh, okay. So, yeah, the the deer hunting then is quite a bit different where you're at now than where you grew up. It is. It's much different. Um, the body size is probably the most shocking difference. You know, in Tennessee, you shoot a doe, she might weigh 60, 70 pounds. The does up here, you're looking at about 150 pounds. Yeah, much bigger bodied for that cold climate. Oh, they're huge. Even the bucks, they're just amazing. Um, I took a buck in uh, 2010. And he was very, very close to 400 pounds live weight. Wow. That's pushing a small cow. Yeah, he was, uh, I've never seen a deer with a body on him like that. That was unbelievable. But yeah, the, the deer here, you know, you've, you've got the colder temperatures, so you're going to have the bigger bodies. And, uh, and it's nice, too, because, you know, in, say in Tennessee, you can shoot one deer a day for 30 days or two deer. I can't remember. It's been so long since I've been back and hunted there, but... But here, you know, you've got, if you shoot, you can have one buck and two does. That's going to fill your freezer, no, no problem. Oh, okay. Now, one thing I wanted to ask about, and I, I saw the mount, Alberta has a healthy wolf population, do they not? Very out-of-control wolf population is what we have. Um, it's it's dangerous right now because they they're so overpopulated that they are decimating um, like the moose, moose calves don't stand a chance. You, it's, uh, our, our population is in decline right now and everything is on decline because unfortunately everybody likes to hunt whitetails and moose and all of that, but nobody wants to hunt the wolves. And that's where we're coming into an out of balance scenario. You have people that, that don't want to hunt the predators. Now the predators are out of control. And now what, uh, now the government is going to have to step in and, and try to get this under control. So is when you buy a, a license in Alberta, are you, is there a certain number of animals that you're allowed with that license or do you have to buy a tag for each animal? You buy a tag for each animal. However, wolves and coyotes are that you can have at it. You can shoot as many of them as you like. Oh, okay. So there is no particular, is there a wolf season then or is it just open? Nope. Um, well, it's, if you're on public land, they actually do have a season um, on what they call crown land, which is the same as public land in the States. Um, there is a season for them. So 
during uh, their their pupping season, you you can't hunt them. And uh, and once once they have their pups, and then it opens back up, then uh, then it's free free reign again on that. But if you have private land, it's year round. Got it. So to predator control for for protecting livestock and anything of that nature. Exactly. Exactly. Neat. And then you do it looks like quite a bit of events at Cabela's. Are you a fairly active on the uh, speaking seminar circuit? I am. I usually uh, I usually do about uh, six or seven seminars with them each year, and I really enjoy it, especially the Ladies' Day. That's probably my favorite event because that's when I get to educate women on, you know, a lot of them they haven't hunted. And so it's nice to be able to tell them what it's all about and how I got started and, and you know, how to make good shot placement so that way you're not dealing with a gut shot animal. And, and I find that turns a lot of women off if, if they've made a poor shot and then they go to gut the animal and, and, you know, they have to deal with, with guts that are opened up. That's, that's very, very difficult for a woman that's a first-time hunter trying to get her to, uh, to get into hunting. That's, that's a huge turnoff. So I try to, to give some good advice and say, look, you know, wait for your shot and, and wait for a good shot placement. So that way you, you hit them in an area where you're not going to end up with a mess when you go to gut them. And, and, you know, I, I you know, tell them wear gloves because it is messy and, and just kind of, advise them and uh and i also do um seminar every year this next year will be my fourth year teaching at alfred lake for uh, alberta hunters education instructors association and that's such a neat program it's only a camp for just women and they can learn every kind of skill you can think of everything from how to back up a trailer to how to run a chainsaw they can get their firearms license i teach the skinning course so that way they can actually skin an animal right there and, and I can kind of guide them through the entire process. And yeah, it's just, uh, it's a fabulous, fabulous opportunity for women that have never gotten to do these things. And there's no pressure with, with men telling them you're doing it wrong. So it's, it's awesome to be involved in that. That sounds like a great, uh, great. Is it a weekend long? Um, it's about four days long, and you can choose if you want to do all four days or if you just want to do two days or one day. And it's just it's great. The camaraderie that I've seen there over the past three years is unreal. It's it's so neat seeing, you know, a lot of these women, they'll come back year after year because they want to learn a different skill. And uh, and then they'll meet other ladies that are interested in the same thing. And next thing you know, now you've got these two ladies are our best friends. And I see them on Facebook, you know, going hunting together now. So it's just such an awesome opportunity yeah any program to get anybody out in the in the wilds hunting is a is great in my book no absolutely we go back to the tv show here for a second when you uh, okay when you are active on the show did you film your african hunts for the show or or do you tend to film stuff in strictly in alberta or what's the premise of the show um, I pretty much try to film a little bit of everything. I did bring along a cameraman um, on my Africa hunt, and he was able to get quite a few of the hunts. And uh, and also like, on my mountain goat hunt, I took a, took a friend up there, and he videoed everything from start to finish, so that way everybody can kind of just get a feel for you know where I'm at and the, the cultural differences. That's a big thing. I, I like to show... You know, there's going to be a lot of people that have no interest in Africa. And then after watching it, then they're like, well, you know what? I think I do have an interest now. So for me, it's it's huge on education. I really 
like educating people on different places to hunt and because I enjoy travel so much and and you know it's just neat to go different places to hunt you meet different people you try different foods uh, you see different cultures and it's just something that enriches the entire hunting um, experience for me yes I took a trip a number of years ago to Zimbabwe and it was just an absolute eye-opening hunting experience it is. You realize, you know, that these people don't have freezers and they, you know, most of them don't all have refrigerators as well. And, and then you see how they care for the meat and, uh, and how, how important that meat is and how important it is for people to go hunting there. It's, it's actually, it's extremely important that, you know, we, we help their economy because without hunting over there, if these animals have no value, they're, they're going to be gone within a matter of decades. It'll all, it'll be over because without that value of an animal, people will just poach them to, to know ex- there's, there's no end to it. Yeah. There's no value in protecting them. Uh, they, right. If they compete with the sheep and the goats and the cattle and there's no value to them, then they have to go. Exactly. And, and that's where, you know, the whole Cecil thing came in, you know, that right now they've got a huge problem because nobody wants to go over there and hunt lions because of all the backlash that's gone on. So now these lions are getting killed illegally. They're getting snared. They're, um, they're, I see pictures daily of lions with their heads and their paws cut off from guys that, you know, they're protecting their livestock, yes, but they'll go out of their way to, to shoot these lions because they just have no worth anymore. Yeah, there's no... I saw there was a fund in Botswana years ago that would reimburse the farmers for lost cattle and that fund has gone away so the farmers now realize if I'm not going to get reimbursed for that cattle I lose then I'm not going to lose any cattle and the way to do that is to eliminate the lions right yeah Botswana they what they've done oh I'm just I'm I'm rather sick over what's happened in Botswana and you know they've shut down all hunting just like Kenya did in the 80s and uh and you're going to see such a huge decline in wildlife in that in that country. It's it's disgusting to to watch, and there's nothing that can be done about it. It's it's all politics, is what it is. It's all it's very frustrating for for somebody that's into conservation and to see this happening. And there's nothing that can be done. It's it's all above our heads. Yeah, it's it's still playing out, and going to be a shame as we move forward and watch, as you say, watch all this. Yes. Now, do you get a lot of chance? Are are you into fishing at all? I do quite a bit of fishing, yes. Um, I love fishing for pike. That's probably my favorite fish. Um, I love how they fight. I love walleye, too, but pike, there's just something about them. I love fishing for predator fish. And, uh, yeah, this summer I had a great summer fishing with friends of mine, and uh, we were catching 30-something-inch-plus pike this, this spring, and or summer, rather, and it was just a lot of fun. And then I do a lot of ice fishing in the winter, too. That's pretty much my main source of entertainment. If I'm not out shooting coyotes and wolves, then I'm out uh, out on the ice. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I, having grown up in Michigan, we did a lot of ice fishing. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Now, uh, one thing I wanted to ask, and you mentioned this, do you also book trips, hunting trips for people? 
I do. Um, I enjoy taking people hunting with me. And uh, I'm planning another trip in Africa for June, uh, this, this coming up in 17. So I thought, well, you know what? It would be fun if some people came with me. So I'm actually uh, opened up an invitation on my Facebook page that if you want to come hunting with me, let me know and we will, I'll get you set up. And the prices are very, very reasonable right now because of the economy. So, so yeah, it's, uh, and I'll, I'll hunt with each person every day, you know, I'll, I'll pick someone else to go out with and, uh, and they've got the opportunity to have it filmed as well. Oh, fantastic. That should be a lot of fun. I hope that, uh, uh, pulls some good interest in for you. Might have to look, uh, yeah, I hope so. It's, see if I can't get one day up there to do a wolf hunt. Cause that's high on my list of want to do's. Yeah, wolves are, they are very difficult to hunt. They are extremely, um, they're street smart is what they are. They've, they have been hunted quite a bit. So they're, and they're very intelligent animals on top of that. They're, uh, they're very difficult to hunt. And to be honest, I've never gotten a wolf myself. I've come close. I've had two really good opportunities, but just wasn't able to get on them. But, uh, but there are a lot of wolves up here. That's for sure. Well, fantastic. Fantastic. At this point, you know, there's a lot of neat stuff that you've got going on. Uh, if anybody ever wants to follow you on Facebook, they can do that? Absolutely. I've got a page set up called Adventures in Hunting with Jeanette Hall, and you're more than welcome to check that page out. I post uh, a lot of my hunting photos and stories and recipes. And then the other page is Days Off TV? Days Off TV. Okay, and I'll also have both of those shows in my show notes uh, so that anybody can just follow the links right from there to your pages. Perfect. And I also have a, a page set up for my taxidermy business as well called the Game Preserve Taxidermy. Oh, great. Yeah, we'll make sure to include that as well. And uh, Perfect. Is there any of your episodes from the show, the Days Off, is there anything on YouTube that people can view? Uh, we don't have anything up yet. We're kind of in a holding pattern until January. And then once we get onto to both of those networks that are online, then everything will start to go on. Got it. So there are some videos through your website that they can watch. Uh, oh, absolutely. Um, we, we have several videos on the Days Off page, so go check those out. We've got some uh, a really good girlfriend of mine that's on the show anchored a monster of a bear this spring. So he's, he's on there, too. Oh, awesome. I'll have to check that one out. That one, that's one I missed. Well, I yeah, that one's a so. I appreciate the time you gave me. I know you're having some rough weather up there, so I hope it clears because I know you've got some traveling coming up. But I really yes your time. Well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate the talk, and uh, it was fun. Thank you so much. And I hope to hear from you in the future, and let's see if we can't put another one together in a year or so, and see how that year better and maybe your freezer will be a little bit emptier and your walls will be a little bit full <laughs> there you go perfect thank you thanks command the outdoors so grab your guns shells boys put on your camouflage cause we command the outdoors around here Command the outdoors.